0: Could have accomplished less during that commercial break. Sorry. That's
1: tremendous news.
0: I literally just sat here and played on the Air Comfort Solutions text line the whole time. And it was one of those where I'm like, oh, better get this audio ready for this segment. It's a good thing
1: that we're professionals. Mm.
0: I'm happy that Derek Carr is working out a deal with the Saints. I think that's a good fit for him. Go there. Have a year where... They'll probably get some. Well, they might be pretty good next year. I mean, the 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 NFC South is pretty wide open, but have a year to you know get his feet wet in a new system, new team, and then look out the Lave and I don't know what Michael Thomas's role is going to be. Maybe they draft a developmental quarterback at thirty. I don't know, but according to reports this morning, the Saints are closing in on a deal with Derek Carr.
1: So the dominoes here, okay. Big news for the Saints. Right. Takes them back into honestly, I, I I can see it taking them back into contender status in the NFC, though that remains to be seen. Sure. Certainly in that division, right? So there's there's one tentacle, one domino that's fallen. Beyond that, do the Jets now get more aggressive? They were linked here. So does this mean we're ready to we're ready to toss some trade chips in for an Aaron Rodgers? Is Vegas still the landing spot there? Does Aaron Rodgers want to play again?
0: Therein lies maybe the biggest question of them all right now.
1: <laughs> Does Aaron Rodgers still want to play bass or football? But I, uh, you know, the the Jets definitely were in the mix here, so they strike out. How aggressive are they going to be with Rodgers and just across the board now? Or, or
0: do they really swing for the fences?
1: And and, and by the way,
0: Aaron Rodgers is swinging for the fences. Let me go ahead and just make that real clear. Do they become involved in maybe a Lamar Jackson conversation? Because
1: that'd be pretty exciting
0: because I know I'm blown away last night by how many people like, I'm glad my team doesn't have Lamar Jackson. As soon as Lamar Jackson signed with your team, you would be, Arnie was all over it. I don't want Lamar Jackson. I'm like, okay. So, do you want him in Miami? So, right. And then as soon as he ends up in Miami or ends up with. Oh, can you imagine vo- Lamar and oh, Tyreek? He's never had weapons like this before. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. He
1: actually would. That would be really fun to watch him in Miami. Oh, it's a
0: four-year deal for Derek in New Orleans. Huh. Good for him, man. He deserves, deserves not to be treated like crap like the Raiders fan base does. Everything everything
1: was his fault. Everything. Um, carve out a little nice little legacy for himself if he goes down there and plays well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's a division that's there for the taking.
1: I think Carolina's
0: going to be pretty good next year. But then again, I thought Carolina might be good last year, too. All right, let's play a game. It's called A Countdown to the Spring Football Season for Oklahoma. Now, every single day at 10 a.m., we've committed ourselves to— why would you pull that up? Why would that be? I, I I'm not fighting about Derek. yes. Derek Carr is a top twenty quarterback. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry. I, the first thing I see. We got to stop.
1: I, I did want to see if there was some reaction pouring in. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, the pass rush has to get better, right? I mean, we all agree. They've last year, and I'm gonna nerd out over numbers tomorrow. But I last year, at the very least you would hope to affect the quarterback on a consistent basis more. And I. this isn't breaking news by any stretch of the imagination. So, but again, as I say that, the Sooners were one of the best teams in tackles for loss in college football last year, right? And specifically in the Big 12. But when it came to just the number of sacks, how it affected the the week-to-week, minute-to-minute, Second-by-second second game. I mean, Oklahoma, what?
1: 64th in the country? 28. And and a good number Total of Total sacks. Total sacks. Correct. 28 sacks over the course of the season. 2.15 per game. What were the number of sacks that happened in the non-conference, too? Oh,
0: yeah. That's a good point. But it has to get better.
1: I mean, and, and listen, I'm not
0: sitting here breaking in. Everything has to get better. But Oklahoma's way of impacting that was not just sitting and resting on its laurels. It went out. They hit the transfer portal hard. Saw McCullough is in the mix. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, Bothroyd coming up tomorrow on the show. But today, Josh, I wanted to talk a little bit about one trace for Now, just in general, just in general, what kind of expectations do you have – on Trace Ford for 2023. Do you come into it expecting him to be a major difference maker from day one? Is there, you know, the pause because of the injuries that he's dealt with, cost him his entire season last year? Um, Any anyway, when I say his entire season, I mean I I, I know he played in a what one game. Oh, he played in a couple games last year. I apologize. Played in a handful of games last year, but was was dinged up. Had the injury situation in 21-2. But just in general, what's the expectations for Josh Helmer when it comes to Trace Ford?
1: Unknown, to be honest with you. I agree. I, I, I don't feel – I think that he could be a – and this is so, I guess, cookie-cutter or cliche here. I think he could be a big, big difference maker. <laughs> or I think that he could honestly – sort of get lost in the mix in the shuffle a little bit. I think that's totally up for grabs. He, based on who he's been in the past at Oklahoma State, Plank, I could see him being at or right there for Oklahoma's top TFL, sack leaders, all of that sort of stuff. I could see that as a possibility for him. Or I could see, you know, Bothroyd and Downs and a couple of other guys basically winning the gigs and and taking over that production. So I don't know. His his past indicates to me that I think he's got a chance, man. I think he's absolutely got a chance to be one of Oklahoma's best at that position. Yeah. But I don't think it's a guarantee.
0: So, obviously, everything that starts with a Trace Ford conversation begins with what? He came to Oklahoma from Oklahoma State. During the meeting with the media a couple weeks ago, Trace Ford was asked many times about the why behind that.
2: Probably when I came on a visit here and people started posting it, you know, social media outlets, and people started hitting me up about it. I mean, my close friends, Brock, Martin, Colin, Oliver, dudes at OSU, they knew I was coming to you. I was looking at you. I was considering you. I told them everything throughout the process, but probably once I committed and everyone saw
0: it, it was just. It was a good fit for him, right? And he had opportunities. Auburn was knocking down his door. USC was knocking down his door. He chose Oklahoma. So, um, I, I Todd James asked some good questions here. Position. What's what's kind of the expectation on what position you're gonna play at Oklahoma?
2: More of a defensive end, more hand in the ground, more going after the quarterback, just trying to get after it. Uh definitely gained some weight already, definitely getting bigger in preparation for that. But kind of like OSU, just more hand in the ground type. What do you weigh in. right now? 250? But I was like 235 in the season so I'm kind of
0: going up I'll shave that down later so he said he could feel comfortable at 250 right now so he's playing uh at 250 for Oklahoma when he's usually been around 235 and then one more here and that is hey Oklahoma's a multiple front how do you feel like you fit in a team that's that's multiple and I mean, did you really play many three-man fronts at Oklahoma State?
2: Yeah, so they have a three-man front where they have one of the guys move back to a jack spot, and that's pretty much Leo's spot at OSU, so I, I'm familiar with that. And then it's more about just learning the defensive end spot. And I played defensive end at practice at OSU a little bit in the games, like where I put my hand down, so I know what's going on. I'll, I'll learn from Chavis, and I'll, I'll excel. Sure
0: so there you go. Number one, he's an edge rusher. He's in Miguel Chavis' room. And – He's a guy that hasn't had a ton of production over his last two seasons. But injuries have played a major part in that. Obviously, his role was a little bit challenging. But I just, I feel like this is one of the ultimate Josh kind of boomer bust. And whenever it's bust, it's not like it hurts you if you're Oklahoma, right? I mean, this is. I think this is one heck of a – I don't even say risk. I think this is one heck of a get because, like you said, Josh, if things don't necessarily go his way and he gets beat out by Ethan Downs or – I shouldn't even say beat out – more reps for an Ethan Downs or an R. Mason Thomas or, you know, Bothroyd, whatever it might be, then to me it's, okay, hey, I would have taken a chance – on a guy like that who had two really solid years, and a year he was out with an injury, and a year where it seemed like he could never get back to 100% from said injury. But if he's he's even, you know, I don't want to put percentages on it, but if he's even a high percentage of what he was in 2020, heck yeah, you've got yourself – a guy who could be a big-time difference maker for you. Absolutely. I I don't want to put that on him, right? Because I think there's depth there, and we could use a term like situational pass rusher if you want. And I know everybody's fired up about the youngsters, and you should be. But I think this is one of the most intriguing gets this offseason because of, right, it's an Oklahoma State guy that's coming to Oklahoma. That doesn't happen very often. It's a guy who has had some success at Oklahoma State. He's not just – some scrub. He's coming off what seems to be a, a pretty substantial and damning injury that he had. And again, he's dude that hasn't really done much in two years. So with that said, I'm just I'm so intrigued because I think there's so much potential because when he was right, he was such a difference maker. Seven and a half sacks in his two seasons when he was playing every game. He's only had one. Oh, and by the way, he's an Oklahoma kid too. Can we now drop the how dare you take Joseph Wette over Trace Ford conversation? Or if he goes out and balls even more, will that grow in the Cruton world?
1: Uh, Yeah, it probably could pick up a little bit of steam. Why did you go for the uh, Santa Fe kid? Right. Hey, uh,
0: okay, so you, lo- you were crunching numbers. What'd you
1: catch? So, I-, I was curious, 28 sacks we said over the course of last season ranked what? 64th naturally, okay? How many of those came in the non-conference portion? Right. Well, the answer to that, 13 of the 28, happened in the first three games. So, quick math tells you that 15 of the final 28 came in your last 10, which a little bit more statistical crunching there tells you that's 1.5 per game. That's an easy move the decimal point, right? But what does that mean? Well, here's what it means, Blank. Oklahoma, the final 10 games, ranked 114th nationally in sacks per game based on what the national averages were. So... Yes, when we say hopefully Trace Ford and uh, company here, Bothroyd, hopefully uh, the growth in-house in those additions makes a serious jump for Oklahoma, they got to find that. They've just simply production needs to increase there. Conference play was bad. Conference play into the Florida State game was bad. I mean, nationally, it was bad.
0: By the way, you pulled up his 24-7 sports profile page. They have him listed at six-three-two twenty-seven. <laughs> So he was playing at 235 at Oklahoma State, and now he's up to 250. You like to see that. I want to watch. We brought up on Friday our guys that were most interested in seeing right on the offensive side of the ball, specifically wide receiver. And for the 18th straight week, I keep adding numbers to it, it might be longer. I put Jaden Gibson up there because I just – I want to see him play. But, I mean, I I think maybe the most intriguing guy might be Trace Ford, right? What does he have left in the tank? How – you know, Oklahoma, I don't think, brings him in unless they think that he can be a difference maker. But I I wonder just what type of role he's truly going to have. I mean, I'm I'm just looking real quick on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And – And literally, everyone is just losing their mind over the potential of Atabare or, you know, maybe some of the other youngsters. Maybe Ethan Downs with another year in. We haven't even mentioned Reggie Grimes yet. We went from having, listen to me, we, I think five guys in that edge rush room that played a five-man rotation to now we're looking at what? Eight guys that we think could factor into Miguel Chavis' room? Maybe nine? I mean, they didn't, they didn't lose anyone, right? Jonah Lua, Laua is back. Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, back. R. Mason
1: Thomas, back. And I always forget about him. I don't know why I do either because he was the most productive freshman you had defensively.
0: He's incredible. Marcus Stripling,
1: back. I know. And, and I still think that Stripling could be a big-time a big-time rusher over there for Oklahoma. But, again. Maybe I'm drunk on that Alamo Bowl.
0: But Right. Two years ago, man, he was great. he was unstoppable in that Alamo Bowl. But I just – it's exciting to think about the quality that it looks like you've brought in. Just where are they? Both right. I mean, that's a guy that's captain. Never missed a game at Wake Forest. Trace Ford, a guy coming off an injury. At a bar A. Freak show. I mean, you start thinking about the numbers you bring up, Josh, and it's almost – obvious that Oklahoma's gonna get better whenever it comes to that position and and that ability to affect the quarterback. Because you need those guys to get after the QB and I think they're going to. Gosh, that
1: number is wild though, when you think about the sacks. Final ten games yeah. to only yeah, thirteen your first three and fifteen the rest of the way. That's yeah. crazy. I...
0: It is crazy. It is crazy. But again, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Well one quick one. Uh this is from the 402. Downs and Grimes will play more on the inside. They've gotten to they've gotten too big, both over 270 now. They're
1: both over 270
0: now? Is that confirmed?
1: I don't when the newcomers arrived and you had the big press conference, they uh I think they released an updated roster, right? Did
0: they? Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case then you might be right, but I still think that they're both in they're both in um Miguel Chavis' room. Yeah, the the online roster isn't updated yet. I just went to that. Six four two seventy. Oh, okay. If if Grimes is that much over two seventy, then maybe it's right. Who else am I looking at? Uh Ethan Downs.
1: Six four two sixty.
0: So you're telling me my man put on ten pounds? If he's way over two seventy? He looks like it. He looks like he's about 280 with the muscle that he has on. But I again, I don't know, man. They 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 were edge rushers last year. Maybe they get bigger when they move him inside. I don't know. But I kind of feel like that that's that's not even a weight that you want your interior guys at in the defensive tackle. I mean, I feel like they want I feel like they want the beasts the monsters, the true noses. And one dude's over 300 pounds in that nose tackle, that offensive tackle spot, but
1: eh. And you went and got Sears to toss into that mix, and Lacey.
0: Yeah, don't forget about someone that said, don't forget about Jacob Lacey.
1: I mean, you, so you, you went, had
0: those two guys on the interior.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you went and got those two guys for the inside.
0: And listen, I'm not going to give up on Grayson Halton by any stretch of the imagination either. I, I know that some lament the loss of of Hicks on the recruiting trail but I'm a I'm a big fan just specifically in talking about the Edge Rushers and Trace Ford I think he got a chance to make a big time impact in 23 but we got to see what they have
1: speaking of the recruiting trail there was a, a big crystal ball that came down late last night
0: hey you know what let's tell you about it next uh you got one more segment or are you getting
1: out yeah yeah I'm hang out for one more alright
0: Josh has got to go MC
1: something today <laughs> I think I'm going to be running a camera mm. <laughs> because you know what I'm not above any responsibilities no, no, I, for this. I understand. Company. I'm a team player. That's
0: what this show's become. It's just sad, Josh. You have to go run the camera for a for an, a ward event, not co-host your radio program. I see where we are. Sir, it's a little bit, but we got crouton news next, right here on the ref. I guess this works out okay because I think I'm having to bug out early tomorrow. I think, but. We'll see. <laughs> I even put it on the schedule. You'd be proud of me. I even went and put it on the schedule, Thank Josh. you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hour two of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Allison Insurance. Call Bob and Robert Allison at 405-745-2968 or online at allisoninsurance.com, helping you and your family for over 60 years. Uh, we mentioned last night was a good night for Cruton. Projections. Hashtag crudin. Um, Let's see here. Oh, hold on. Little I, crystal ball. It was a Parker Thune crystal ball, right? Would you like my help? Sooners pick up. I knew I had screenshotted it. I screenshotted it from your website, from your Twitter feed. Uh, official predictions for 2024 running back Xavier Robinson and 2025 DB Malik Hawkins, which is interesting because... Malik Hawkins' brother is considered to be one of the top quarterback recruits in the country and a Sooner legacy. Am I missing any other crystal balls from last night?
1: Oh, just uh, a five-star out of Lee Summit North High School that Parker Thune has submitted a crystal ball for named Williams Winnery.
0: Sounds like that might be a pretty big deal, Josh Helmer. Right?
1: I would say so, yeah. <laughs> Which folks have clearly been pining uh, myself included, you, everybody, for the most part. Y- y- you miss out on a Hicks. Well, why can't you get this guy? Why why is Oklahoma unable to land this type of talent? Well, there's a crystal ball for Winery.
0: David Stone had an interesting tweet from the weekend, too.
1: What did he tweet?
0: So, uh, thanks to Las Vegas Sooner for pointing this out. I think you guys know I'm kind of not living on – Recruiting Twitter Well, each of us, March. I mean,
1: look, it's when I'm broadcasting three sets of basketball days <laughs> sure. and you're doing softball, I mean, naturally f- we, we, we got to play catch up every once in a while on Mondays. It is what right. it is.
0: But uh, Gerald McCoy tweeted at David Stone and said, well, this should be easy now and you never know who might show up to help get you right. See you soon. Had a couple of hashtags here home is where the heart is and hashtag boomer and David Stone simply retweeted that quote tweeted excuse me with the eyeballs and soon I guess he just did that this morning
1: interesting ah is he saying I'm about to commit
0: Parker 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 does Parker already
1: have a crystal ball in for him or no
0: I don't know I, I I've listened to Parker a lot on him I feel like it's It's one of those guys where he's been committed to Oklahoma State for a while. Excuse me. He committed to Oklahoma State not too long ago, but yet everyone still expects him to go to OU. Good Lord, Plank. He committed to Michigan State a while ago, but yet everyone expects him to go to OU, and he spent a lot of time on the OU campus. So while there hasn't been like a ton of official visits, he's here a lot. So, yeah.
1: Well, and – Parker, my bad. I didn't realize. I'd forgotten, I guess. He's had a crystal ball in since February 21st yeah. of last year.
0: Yeah. And hasn't wavered on it, even with, like, the commitment to Michigan State. I mean, look at the Michigan State guys. <laughs> even Confidence e- level. Yeah, four. four.
1: <laughs> ah, whatever. Hell, let's throw it out there.
0: Uh, but did he truly commit? He did commit to Michigan State, right? And then their D-line. Or did he? It had it always just been a lean. I guess it would just been a little Yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, it I was thought just... he I thought he had committed. My bad. I don't want to get anyone mad. I'm sure that if I check the Air Comfort Solutions text line, somebody like, he hasn't officially committed.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think okay. it was just sort of perceived that it had started trending gotcha. that direction. Gotcha. Okay.
0: So there you go. Big recruiting weekend. Oklahoma had a lot of guys on campus this weekend. And t- did I, can I read into that a little bit deeper? You may. Okay. Sounds like Gerald McCoy's going to be around Norman a little bit more in the future. It it feels that way. Right. I mean, if he's at Geraldini, if he's laying out to a potential defensive line recruit, how I'm going to be. Who knows? I might be there to help you out soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, boy, you're making a leap though. There, aren't you think you? so? I, I I'm. I'm
0: just. When I look around, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, when I look around on this staff of support people for Oklahoma, I see a lot of dudes that played for Brent Venables, Rufus Alexander, Curtis Lofton, right? Look at the the Soul Mission, Josh Norman, for goodness sakes. I I I think if I think Brent would do anything to have Teddy Lehman over there with him right now, but as the most popular radio host, and Norman, it's going to take a bag to probably get Teddy out of here. But I'm just saying it's, it's even Phil Lodeholt helping out on the offensive line. I mean, these are dudes that, they made a lot of money in the NFL. And yet they're, maybe the coaching's in their future. I never really looked at Gerald as a guy that I thought would be a coach. But you never know. Things change. I always thought he'd be a great broadcaster. David Stone. We'll wait. We'll see. Parker's had it at a pretty high confidence level, and I'd love to see Oklahoma get him. Well, really and
1: would. the Warneri crystal ball is just gigantic. <laughs> to to find out that Oklahoma and Parker's mind is leading there, and he'll talk all about this, I'm sure, at length. Right. As Coming soon as he hops on the airwaves. At high noon. Big junior day, though.
0: Big, big junior day this past weekend. All right, so are you outy? or one more are you out yeah
1: I think I think I'm supposed
0: to be on the move right. we'll take a timeout. when we come back TJ Perry is gonna join us oh let's go got a bunch of air comfort solutions texts to get to plus uh, if you wanna jump in here 405 3299 it's the Plank Show right here on The Ref looks like I'll be ordering me some Saints gear TJ Perry let's go Uh, According to reports, Derek Carr has signed a four-year deal with the Saints. Jumping
3: teams for a player, huh?
0: Nine hours ago, Peter King, who I'm starting to think is terrible at his job, um, writes, the Derek Carr market is lukewarm at best. Quote, if there was a lot of love for him, he'd have been signed by now, one GM said. Okay. Well, there you go, Peter King. Maybe podcast recommendations or political talk is the way to go. Keep saying this Baker to San Francisco stuff. What do you make of that, T.J. Perry? Are you a fan of Baker Mayfield being in the quarterback mix in San Francisco?
3: I think that would be hard for me as a hater of the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, that's so bad. I'm voting no I'm on sorry. that. I forgot about that. Would it be good for Baker. Maybe. maybe, maybe they're a mess with their quarterbacks, man. They seem so to screw many. up
0: everybody. So get hurt,
3: yeah. Dinged
0: up. All right, so um, I don't know
3: that I like it at all. So uh,
0: Josh is off to videotape something. Something I don't even know. Okay. Me and him don't
1: even. Know I'm starting to realize.
0: On. I'm starting to realize where the Plank Show is in the pecking order. <laughs> whenever Josh is sent to go videotape, an awards ceremony in the middle of the show that he co-hosts. That, that hurts a little well, bit.
3: Well, I think, to be honest, it was a uh, death in Connor's family or yeah. something, and Connor had to split for a, uh, a funeral today. So I think he was planned for that.
0: It yeah. shall yeah. it shall then be forgiven. But we were talking every day at 10 a.m. We do our spring football preview, and we try to dive into a different aspect and angle. Uh, angle. And today we're getting into pass rush and specifically – Trace Ford and the role that we think Trace Ford might play. A couple of good texts I want to get to, but just in general, do you have a high level of expectation for him coming in for Oklahoma State? Oh, I would love for him to. I just wonder
3: how how he's going to fit in time-wise and rotation-wise and and health, you know? So, you know, best scenario for him is he comes back and has a huge impact year. Yeah. And that's what I hope for him.
0: Uh, Brazilian Sooner writes... The competition for starting spots at every spot on the line is a question mark. I think it is Bothroyd, Coe, Kelly, and Ford, but I don't have a true feeling on anything yet. It will be a battle in the spring and fall practices. Now, let's keep in mind, there is, again, I've used this term probably way too much, there's a nuance here because I see you're just looking at it as the defensive line in general. Right. So you throw Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Co. in there, but in in Bothroyd and Ford, we're talking about like different positions. And I understand that it's all, you know, one big unit that well, there's an out of context. There's one group that has to work together in order to affect the quarterback and shut down the run and everything of that nature. But I mean, we're specifically looking at the edge, and last year they had five guys. I don't know. I feel like you could get up to seven, eight if the freshmen are impactful. Maybe nine who could end up in that rotation next year. And I think that's big. I think that's big because depth. Here's one from the 405. Death, baby. Last year we ran out of steam as the game went on. I mean, I don't Not me can't disagree with that. Depth in that
3: area is what people have been screaming about for a few years now. Adapted so yeah.
0: Improvement it would kind of help a little bit. <laughs> Guy writes five technique defensive end. That sounds perfect to me. And broken arrow fat boy. If he doesn't get more playing time, then Ethan Downs should pack his bags and go to Stillwater. Broken Arrow Fat Boy, I like you. But why? Why would he do that? I mean, you're He's playing a lot, and he played say, a lot last say, year. He
3: played a lot last year, yeah, and he will be expected to this year.
0: I mean, I don't – I'm not going to pretend to understand what the, the permanent captain situation looks like right now because have we did we ever get closure on that? Did I ever – was there ever like a, an announcement of, hey, these guys are going to be the captain? No one really even emerge? Because I – I mean, we wrote about Ethan Downs for Boyd Street Magazine, and, I mean, he's very – He's very presidential. I mean, he's the kind of guy that when you watch him, you're like, yeah, I think that dude can be a captain, right? Like when, when we would watch, oh my gosh, you think of the laundry list of guys: the Jordan Evans, Stephen Parkers, the Gabe Ikerds of the world, the Teddies, You're like, hey, that's a that's a captain right there. I mean, that's kind of how that's, I always viewed Ethan Downs. Yeah. So
3: no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I don't I don't really know why you would want him to leave, but again. There is competition there. Colin Casey asked the question that everybody wants an answer to. How much PJ Atabare do we see next year? Well, listen, if he can test out like his brother did, the combine, I think that um, I'm okay with seeing a lot of them. But again, I talk a lot about my Oh, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. he's a guy, I apologize. I misrepresented guys tweet our text it's like i was talking about downs weighing 275 yeah five just we want 300 pound road graders in the middle right now it's like he's up to 270 all right need 30 more pounds let's go you know about three bills let's get him um i don't know, just to me rotation 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 have guys that can get fresh get in there and make plays it's that simple um I don't want to burn this great question from True sooner right here. But I want to bring it up. Because I guess we saw what is an early leak of the official permanent opponents for the SEC over the weekend and Nick Saban threw a fit because why do we have Auburn and LSU and I can't Tennessee. It was like that, that's pretty tough, right, for the three teams. And Oklahoma's was what Texas, Arkansas, and Florida, right? And I've been I've been thinking a lot about it because I dig the idea of trying to build something with the Gators. I think it's kind of cool to have a like a unique rivalry. You don't you're going into a conference where yeah you have some built-in things, right? A and M was a big game. I I saw um, Red Dirt Sports was all over this. OU and Missouri have an incredibly rich history against each other. They play a lot. What would you call it, a trophy game? OU and Missouri played a lot. Um, Obviously, OU and Texas are going to continue to play, but there's some that don't want A&M and don't want Missouri because they've seen it before, and that's fine. I always wished, TJ, that there was something more with Arkansas. Um, and there just never has been. There's not any history there between these two teams. Yeah, I think that could develop quickly, though. If I do, too. You know, part of the rotation. But before I – I mean, what, what do you make of Florida being one of those three, quote-unquote, permanent opponents? Goes back to what you just
3: said a minute ago. I like it better than the options of Missouri and Texas A&M, especially Missouri. Texas A&M, I think there could be something there if you're playing them as part of that year in and year out. But – Florida, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's kind of intriguing. Kind of opens you up and keeps you uh, relevant in that area, too. So, um, I like that a lot better than seeing Missouri every year.
0: Now, I want to be clear. You know, Ross Dellinger did this, and he predicted it. But, you well, know, I like I said, I don't lose. also put out that list with, like,
3: 40 different options for people. <laughs> I could not right, keep exactly. up with what he was talking about in that one.
0: He's got one that has Texas and Missouri with Florida. But the wild thing in all of this is the constant is Texas and Florida. Right. <laughs> the third team right. seems to shift between Missouri, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. So, I again – This is a fun, I think, June-July conversation that we're going to have. I I just wonder
3: how much infighting is going on, too, with current SEC teams. Of No, we don't want them. Right. We're we're seniors here. We've been here. We don't want this. We don't want Texas every year. We don't want Oklahoma every year. Uh, You know, I wonder how much of that's going on, too. And then,
0: you know, Andy Staples really, really went in depth on, okay, which rivalries really matter in the SEC? Uh, You can say, well, um, was it Georgia? Georgia, Tennessee. Well, they're – No,
3: Georgia-Florida counts. Georgia-Tennessee doesn't count, in my opinion. Exactly. There was
0: another one, too, that I'll have to go look at the story. But, yeah, True Sooner writes, and I want you to kind of think about it during the break, and it's on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which is 405-651-3439. He writes, I'm starting to like the Florida aspect of being in our common opponents for football. This should really help recruiting for OU in the Florida hotbed, which is still recruiting – uh, with, while still recruiting Texas, as usual. So, I I don't – when Florida first started to get mentioned, I thought it was Andy Staples trying to speak it into existence, right? It's like, this could happen. This should happen. This should be great. Could you imagine back and forth? Oh, you're in Florida? I'm like, yeah, it'd be great. And then, I'm like, but geographically, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But then you're okay. Everyone wants kind of a unique opponent here. I mean, Florida is a team that I don't think it's infinitely better than Oklahoma. Now, some years they would be. Some right. Years some they years, wouldn't. oh, yeah, you yeah. would be. Yeah. I don't know, TJ. I kind of, kind of with true and, and others there. I'm, I'm not, I'm not bad with the idea of, of Florida now. To be honest with you.
3: It would definitely be entertaining, and it would be a lot more fun. Going to the swamp every other year and stuff, like I said, than than College Station or heading up to Missouri. So, I, I'm for it. I, I, of the Of the rotations I've seen, that's the one I like the best.
0: I don't want Fandy thrown in there or some junk. I, <laughs> you know? I don't like. I know Missouri is is Trey Rice. Texas, Missouri, and Florida. You said Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, bro, go look. There's like 50 of them out there right now. No one has a report, okay? Right, right, right. right. What SI has is different than what the Athletic has, which is different than what 24-7 Sports has, which is different than what On3 has. And the funny thing about this is everybody thinks their
3: opponent's are more important than maybe what they are. Like you were just saying that all of a sudden, Georgia and Tennessee think they're supposed to be playing or something. I'm like, that that's not a rival. Like, you know, <laughs> that's not one I look for every year. Well, I can't, you know, last year big matchup if they're playing and they're both good or whatever. But I don't sit there and say, well, I can't wait for this rival.
0: It's right. not one that I think of as a rivalry. I mean, listen, I if I'm making the four, suddenly now this Florida thing or excuse me, the three four total. Sure, it's Oklahoma, Texas is the given. I think the other two are both wild cards. If you're talking Florida, I'm like. Why not Georgia? And I know everyone's like, well, hold up here just a little bit. <laughs> but they'll come back down uh, a bit, yeah, I mean, think. So yeah. It's it's not been a good week at Georgia, man. All right, we got a break. Um 405 651 3439. It's Air Comfort Solutions text line. On Twitter at Plank Show. Um, Josh is off, but I do have an update on some events that you can find on uh it's Plank Show. We got our top five stories of the day coming up in about uh, 10 minutes from now. In the meantime, we were sent down the rabbit hole of the conference move for the Sooners, the SEC, and what that group might look like. But the I, I, I know you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trey. I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but it's just you look out here right now. And honestly, you can find, you know, 18 different projections of what they think the three teams that are going to be permanent opponents in the SEC are going to be. And it seems as if there's only two constants, and that's Texas and Florida. You know, Missouri is the one SI had. What, Arkansas was in there for, I think, the maybe, maybe A&M for the athletic, maybe Arkansas. But I do, I don't have a problem with Missouri in it. The 405, though, writes in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, the idea of dealing with Arkansas fans yearly is depressing. They're a bunch of Cretans, Only LSU fans are of lower IQ. Wow. That's cold. You know, my whole family's Arkansas fans, dude. That hurts a little bit. <laughs> Cretans, what a what a shot <laughs> at a word. fan base. Yeah, One of my best friends is an Arkansas fan. D.C., do not take that slander. Colin Casey, bootlegger bowl sounds a lot better than bootlegger boys bowl, though. Really want the Sooners and the Hogs to start a rivalry. I'm all in on Arkansas and Oklahoma in every sport. I think they should play – the baseball series is fire. It's great, yeah. The softball, when they play each other, we go take over their damn stadium. So, I'm all about – basketball. They've played the last couple of years, what, up with the BOK? I mean, I don't know if you got – I don't think Porter and Musselman get along very well. Porter, if I'm wrong, you can text me and I'll apologize. But it's – I'm all in on the potential of Arkansas. But I I also – I also don't know how permanent these are going to be. I think OU in Texas. I think Florida and Georgia. I think Alabama and Tennessee. There's certain ones that will always be in there, but I, you know, there's one point that Nick Saban made that is true. I don't think you can just have banger after banger after banger as your, as your not as your uh, permanent opponent. I think it's got to be a little bit more, I uh, balanced. <laughs> I mean, if. If you're up there and, and the three teams that you're with are like, say, Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I'm sure they'll try to tear them a little bit. All right, I got to hustle. We got the top five stories today coming up next right here on the Home Sooner fans. TJ is in for Josh. Uh, I'm Chris Plank. You are tuned in to the RAF Sports Radio Network.